Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today, folks, I'm talking to myself. How have you been doing? It's been a long time, yes, for sure. Um, and for those of you, it's a very small handful of you that are still listening or finding the podcast months after I've essentially abandoned it. Thank you. I hope that it's enjoyable for you. Um, but I missed it again. And I know I've probably said this in recent episodes, but I miss having this journaling device once in a while. And, um, it started off as something for me and it still kind of is, but if there's anybody who's listening at this point and you're enjoying it, that's great. Hopefully I would love to know what it is that keeps bringing you back to it. But anyway, today I wanted to talk about perspective. And I'm not going to get too philosophical on you, although I do have um, some inspiration from a book that's kind of philosophical in a way. Um, And it's a new book by Neil deGrasse Tyson called Starry Messenger. And I discovered this book because, you know, I watch Colbert and I often tune into some of his um, interviews. And I'm a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Anytime I see him talking or getting interviewed or when they do those um, wired interviews on YouTube. I just, I love listening to him because he's so passionate about his studies and his findings and his perspectives. And he's a big kidder when he's not, you know, conveying wisdom. But even then you can see just how excited he is to talk about it. And so through this book, he talks about, um, a cosmic perspective, right? Now I haven't finished the book. I only actually just started it about an hour ago, but I'm several chapters in and I just, you know, I, I'm really glad I got it because like the initial interview that I saw, he was talking about how, um, I think he brings up a mouse, right? And he says, you know, like if you want to be more humane, you probably have a humane mouse trap instead of one that breaks its neck or that poisons it. Right. And you capture it and then you set it back out into the wild. And then he jokes and says, you know, but where it's much more likely to be devoured by all sorts of different predators. You know, he's like, if if you like a mouse in the wild can like the average lifespan of a mouse is from nine months to 18 months. But he says, if you let them live in your basement, it'll live for five or six years. Um, and he says, it's not to sway you to change your opinion on if you should be more humane to mice than other creatures and things like that. That he's just saying to understand like whatever point of view you have to make sure it comes from a more informed place or that you become more informed as you hold on to that opinion or that value. Um, and I found that to be interesting because it does make you think, you know, and it's not that I'm going to just go and happily kill mice or anything like that. I'd still like to capture them and do whatever. I mean, let nature take take its course. You know what I mean? Um, but I just thought that was cool because... You know, I'm a big fan of trying to change how others think. And oftentimes I don't realize that maybe I'm not letting myself change as much as I should. Or maybe I'm not thinking in all all the words I speak and all of the ramblings that I do. Sometimes maybe I'm not leaving enough room to learn. Um, And I think over the past few years I have been learning and I've done episodes on this already. So I won't go into it. However, um, I just think that. In the political climate and social climate of the world, of, of, of America, um, of my own state, and neighboring communities, 
this is why he wrote that book and it's why I wanted to get it because I've been so I've been feeling inundated by just negative arguments and uh, this want to win in every argument that you see in every battle and and I have been feeling myself sometimes on social media with the few that I have left, mainly Twitter if I'm being honest, seeing a perspective and wanting so badly just to chime in and say, that's stupid, why do you think stupid things? And even though I feel that way, a lot of times I will just delete it or not do it because I'm like, I don't want to contribute to the negative energy. But sometimes, especially if it's politicians that I get like a, a notification about, I can't help but just be like, why do you, why do you act like this, you know? And we should be able to have these discussions, but like I'm realizing that I'm being sucked into this awful vortex of war, you know? Like we're so compelled to tell somebody why their opinions or their perspectives are wrong. And and trust me, there are people that I still believe that about. 100%, especially in this political climate. But, you have to figure out how to do that. How to rally against it, or how to disprove it in a thoughtful and productive way. Because me just spouting more negativity on the internet doesn't make the situation any better. No one's really going to change their life from a tweet. You know, maybe it's happened. I don't know. But I like to... I don't like to think this, but I imagine that that is a rare phenomenon. Uh, so, anyway, back to this perspective topic in Neil deGrasse Tyson's book. Uh, and by the way, he didn't sponsor this or anything. Hell no, he probably doesn't even know anything about this. But I just... I'm hoping that if, it, if one person listens to this, maybe... If you've committed six minutes so far, however long this is going to be when I edit it... <laughs> me edit a shares a lot episode fucking hilarious um <laughs> when i put in the theme music i mean um then clearly you must be interested in some degree so um otherwise what are you doing here uh so i've been thinking a lot about how you know he, he brings up in this book about often he brings up how like if aliens came to earth having no previous study about us, no idea, no knowledge of what we are, who we are, what we do, how we operate, what perspective would they have? What would they think about us? Would they would they think that we're fucked up beyond repair? Would they think that they will not be safe? Will they think that our our arguments and our practices are barbaric and maybe far, you know, beneath their beliefs in technology. You know, the way we look at the Neanderthal, they look at us that way. Um, or would they? And uh, so what was interesting about that was he talks about how if we... We all always looked into our, what we call our own personal beliefs, right? Um, and so he breaks down these three different beliefs as truths. So he talks about objective truths, personal truths, and political truths. And, um, I, I don't want to say this incorrectly, but he talks about how objective truths are undeniably true. 
They are things that have gone through multiple studies, hypotheses, researchers, written articles, peer-reviewed articles, you know, over just years, right? Um, And he talks about how, like, if there's a consistency in the science, then it can become an objective truth. Something that you can just say, like, we know how much of the earth is water. We know the consistently what kind of energies come from the sun. We know that, like, over 95% of our own DNA, I think it's actually 98% of our own DNA, is shared with apes and primates, right? These are things that are objectively true, that have been proven and studied and um, recreated over and over and over again with consistent results. Things that you can prove. Objective truths. Um, And then he talks about these things called personal truths, which are the things that you believe. These opinions that you hold on to, regardless of whether there's truth to them or not. There are truths that either you want to be true or truths that you truly believe are true, even if others have evidence to back up that it is not. He also talks about the scientific theory, uh, the scientific method. And one thing, let me bring it up because I have it here. He said that ultimately scientific method um, can be broken down into one thing. Do whatever it takes to avoid fooling yourself into believing that something is true when it is false or that something is false when it is true. And, you know, and and boy, do we do the opposite of that on a daily basis. Um, And so these personal truths are the things that we hold on to, that we latch on to, that we want to believe uh, usually they're not based in objective truth more often than not. They're just based in some type of opinion or practice. And then he talks about political truths, which are, he calls a close cousin to personal truths, but typically they are truths that we are given through repetition from someone in like a higher authority, such as government or somebody with a lot of charisma or somebody that proliferates a, like a religious belief or something of that nature. And he says, you know, that we tend to claim them as our own truths because someone said them to us enough that they felt like they had to be true. And I'm sure we can all think of instances in which that has happened to us or to others that we know or to others that we don't know that we see, again, on social media and such. Um, and, and again, going back to that scientific method, you know, a lot of that is us just clinging on to things that we want to be true, we hope are true. Or, you know, that we can't quite prove. And typically, he goes in to talk about how, like, in the scientific community, um, there's a way to prove, like, like, well, he talks more, like, about how arguments are done and how, like, you prove whether you're right or wrong by acquiring other people's evidence and other people's science and other people's findings, right? So typically, you're not arguing to see who's right or wrong exactly. You're arguing to find facts. You, you know, it's not like, Oh, well, what do you think? It's like, what did you find? What do you have? How can you prove these things? And then typically, when the argument is over, everybody comes out learning more than what they did when they came in. Um, And God, I wish that were true. I wish that were true in everyday conversation. Um, But I thought that was interesting because nowadays we just find a meme and we just take it at face value. Nowadays, we, you know, we see something on TV and they'll say like, oh, breaking news, scientists discover this and blah, 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 blah. And then we just take it all at face at face value right away, you know, 
or and sometimes we can sometimes we can take these things at, at face value but it's still good to go and do more research on your own and i say the word research lightly but look for other places where it's been posted look for other you don't don't look for something you know you don't have to disprove it or prove it just find more evidence of it and see if it proves itself you know um like something i've been doing recently that made me feel a little better after starting to read this book was there's so many memes that like i said we'll take at face value or or quotes that we'll assume somebody else said or um you know lines of poetry or or directors or actors or song uh, artists that we think made a song that didn't you know but we'll just take it at face value because why do extra work why should we feel like we need to doubt it right and so um man i wish i wrote it down but there was another quote in the book that says something like assume nothing is true or not assume nothing is true just like don't take anything at its word you know look further into it you don't have to be skeptical exactly because that's kind of like a negative connotation to the idea but it's just to be curious like okay well that's new that's new information to me so maybe i should do a little bit more looking into it to see to either learn more about it or to see you know if maybe something got skipped or maybe that was just a summary you know how often like when we do with the mandela effect or movie quotes where we think like it says hello clarice when the line's something more akin to like like good evening clarice or something like that not a huge jump but still if somebody had never seen the movie before and somebody says oh jack nicholson which is not jack nicholson that plays uh hannibal i can't think of the actor's name right now but somebody say oh jack nicholson said this in the shining you know which again jack nicholson was in the shining but he wasn't in hannibal or the or silence of the lambs right but you see that and you see hello clarice and that sounds like something you've kind of heard before so you're like oh well that's probably true you know, especially if you're a younger person who hasn't seen some of these movies or, or these actors as much, you'll say, oh, well, that sounds about right. Sure. You know, but be curious, like, you know, if it's having an impact on you, at least. Right. If you're going to try to wield that information later, you know, like if you're going to a lot of people like to regurgitate something they quickly read on Facebook or on Twitter or on a, on a text or on TikTok, which is an app I fucking hate. I hate to use the word hate, but I hate that app. <laughs> but, um. Uh, you know, but it's so quick to just be like, oh, well, that seems like it's a true thing because somebody said it with confidence. Somebody posted it with confidence. Somebody looks like they're backing it up with confidence. That's how, like, if you, when they say when in Rome, do as the Rome, Romans do, you know, there's a lot of people that just walk into a business they don't own and sit down in a chair and somebody will just assume they're supposed to be there. I'm sure there are people that got jobs that way. It's kind of how I got my dance job. But anyway, um, I just find that interesting that we are getting so swept up in the in the speed of information and misinformation and everybody's just having to pick a side this tribalistic mentality that we grew from as like you know prehistoric humans i don't know if you call it prehistoric humans because i'm not that smart with time but you know neanderthals cavemen what we consider cavemen you know that tribe mentality helped them survive so we're kind of using that but in a more argumentative sense to have a superiority to someone else we're all about trying to win we're not trying to learn right and even if you think that you are on the just side which most people fucking do and i believe that what i believe versus what some like 
people in QAnon believe, I definitely believe I'm on the better side of things, 100%, right? But that doesn't mean that I should stop wanting to learn about that. Like, why do they do this? What makes them believe this? What happened to them or what was told to them through their political truths, their personal truths that make them think that what they believe is an objective one, right? Like, it's still important to know, like, why is it that you are believing this, that you are saying these things, that you want to hurt these people, that you, you know, like, back to January 6, 2021, an awful day and a blemish on America's history, probably more something like that to come sooner than later, unfortunately. But we could just say, oh, well, the orange man told him to do it. Well, sure. But that was over a long period of time that they were growing restless and scared and angry and resentful. What happened? You know, what was what was being preyed on? And there's some different information out there and you could even talk to them and try to find out. Sure. But that's what we should be doing. Let's try to understand it. Because there's another quote in the book. I think it goes something along the lines of, man, I should have written this one down too. Is that problem... The causes of problems are simple, even though the solutions are not. Um, and oftentimes that could be the case, but we, but there are so many simple causations. <laughs> you know, it's like digging through for um, a needle in a haystack, trying to figure out which one. Or a needle in a needle stack. But this one has like a fine engraving on it that says this one, this one. You know, sometimes people just don't want to dive into a pile of needles. I get it. Um, but sometimes you have to to learn. You have to learn the truth. Um, and I found it to be really an interesting way to look at like how, um, another perspective, if you will, per the basis of the book on how we can look at things and how we can operate our brains to understand what we're witnessing, what we're hearing, what we're reading, you know, what our friends are saying, what TV is saying, what internet videos are saying, what fucking TikToks are saying, what Instagram is saying, you know? We just want to subscribe to those who share our opinions where we should really try to pull more people in or get closer to people who don't so we can understand that better. And it's not just for argument's sake too, guys and gals and non-binaries, of course. Um, you know, this can be something that we can do with just like the smaller stuff too that can be bigger things. Such as, you know, I saw an argument on Twitter earlier today about how someone said, Alien Ant Farm doing a cover of Michael Jackson's song. Um, oh gosh, what the heck's that? Um, Annie, are you okay? Smooth Criminal, that's it. Um, that is cultural appropriation, even though he got paid and it was a cover, right? And then there was a whole argument inside of that thread about what cultural appropriation actually is because some people just weaponize the word. And some people don't even want to hear the word to even learn what it means. And I'm not going to get into that because that's not what this episode's about. But the point is that most people were not looking to learn. I read through dozens of comments on that video because the original tweet said like, oh, hey, you're really cool if you know what this lyric is from. And it says, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? And the, and, and who and who does it? Who sings the song? And then a lot of people are like, oh, MJ, MJ. And some people said, oh, well, I know the Alien Ant Farm version. You know, and there were some people in there that were like, oh, I didn't know Michael Jackson did that. I only ever knew the Alien Ant Farm version. And there are people like, oh, Michael Jackson's version is better. And other people are like, well, why can't I like both? You know, and then they're all fighting. Like, there has to be a superiority in this argument about a fucking <laughs> pop song from, like, what, the, the mid to late 90s? I don't remember when the song came out. Um, but, but again, like, is that really worth ruining your day over? You know? 
but the arguments it took place within that thread were really eye-opening for me. And that's what made me think, I bought this book yesterday, and I was waiting for, I was going to go read it at work, but then I didn't. And I was like, Adam, you got to sit down, you got to read this fucking book. You got to bust out a few chapters today, because there's probably something in there that's going to help you understand, or at least maybe look at this a little bit differently. And even just watching the interview, like I said, before even buying the book, uh, if you look up the most recent Neil deGrasse Tyson, Stephen Colbert interview, I think it's a three-part, you know, on, on YouTube anyway. Uh, it's very enlightening stuff. And again, he's so passionate and so witty, but also so um, thoughtful and thought-provoking that I really think it will be worth your time. But anyway, to kind of come back to it all, my point is that through that argument thread, I kept thinking to myself, not only about that book, but I was just thinking... Okay, there are hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds. I think last I looked, it was like 300 and over 300 plus replies to somebody just saying, hey, what song is this and who sings it? And nearly, I would, I would say confidently that more than half of the ones, at least that I read, if and probably more that I didn't read, were more so people just arguing instead of saying, ooh, 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 me, 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 I know, right? And just answering the question. It wasn't supposed to be this, this philosophical pick a side question. Oh, although maybe it was. I don't know what the the original poster's um, uh, idea was, other than to see like, oh, hey, who knows who wrote this song? Maybe that was all it was. Or like, hey, I wonder how many people, maybe Zoomers and Millennials, if they know who who sings the song. Maybe they thought the same thing I thought. I grew up with the Alien Ant Farm version. I actually heard it before I heard the Michael Jackson version. And I loved it. And then I heard Michael Jackson's version, and I was like, I kind of like Alien Ant Farms better, but maybe it's because that's what I heard first, right? Not Nothing against MJ. He's awesome, right? But again, it's different. And plus, he wasn't really a band. He was like a guy that had people do tracks for him. I don't know if he played instruments. But again, you can't control compare band to band because those people were playing their own music. So there's so many things you could talk about with this. But the intention, even me now deviating from that subject with my own personal truths, right? The intention was just to see who knew. And the rest of that thread was people arguing about what was better and cultural appropriation and what that even meant. And I just find that to be fascinating. And there was this moment where after I read the those chapters in the book and I thought about that memory just a few hours ago reading a Twitter thread I thought to myself in that moment I felt like the aliens that Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about where you know I don't know any of these people I don't know the original poster and I don't know really why they posted the question but as I read through all of those comments, not once in this moment did I feel compelled to pick a side or to fight with anybody or to argue about what cultural appropriation meant. I was confused. As you've probably heard in this explanation, in this, in this audio, I have no earthly idea or universal idea why people cling so hard onto these personal truths and political truths, if you think about it through what they're told cultural appropriation is to have these vicious arguments. And I tell you, some of them were radical with how they deviated into other subjects. It almost had nothing to do with the original subject. And I'm sitting here looking upon this little corner of the internet, this little 
not even a corner. I would call it just like this little cul-de-sac on the internet called Twitter and one little house, one little shack in that neighborhood. Thinking to myself, why? Why? And I th- I don't know if this was the true intention of the book. And again, I'm only a few chapters in. I'm actually quite excited to continue. Um, but I think what I've been learning before I got it and now that I'm reading it is that we should it's good to be curious it's good to ask questions but I don't think we should be cynical about it and maybe I was a little there because just again I'm not an alien I'm a human that understands that humans are crazy but I think that we need to have a genuine a real curiosity to understand our own personal truths and why we have them and if we need to hold on to them that badly and if we really need to be tribal in everything that we do um and again i'm only a few chapters in but i've been thinking about this a lot and trying to understand that in the moment do i need to say something or instead of having an opinion or giving advice or arguing or fighting or screaming maybe what i need to do is start asking more questions and talking less at least until I have more data to understand even what I'm tackling in the first place. Or if it's worth my time. Um, so before I wrap up, I wanted to read one more section. There are so many things in this book that I really liked. But I wanted to read just a small paragraph of what he talks about. Like there's a portion of the book about beauty and, and what we perceive as beauty. Um, and, and nature and how it's beautiful but also frightening and destructive. And how... Usually we think about nature as something that's beautiful, even though there are hurricanes and volcanoes and catastrophic events and uh, and, uh, uh, earthquakes that ruin civilizations and animals. Um, But yet we can admire a tree and the leaves changing and how it brings life and and sunsets and lakes and mountains and how we revere them, you know. Um, And so he talks about other ways that you can find beauty in things. Uh, And I found this to be pretty interesting. So... Um, so he says, Oxygen promotes combustion. Hydrogen is an explosive gas. Combine the two and get water, H2O, a liquid that douses fires. Chlorine is a poisonous caustic gas. Sodium is a metal soft enough to cut with a butter knife and light enough to float on water. Combine the two and get sodium chloride, more commonly known as table salt. Chemistry can be beautiful. And, you know, I just kept thinking, there's so much that we don't appreciate. Um, and we just kind of see the things... Either we get stuck on something that is the sum of its parts, or we get stuck on just the the finer products that we don't really understand, like what things are made of, why they exist, why we have them, why do we do what we do, how was that made? And I think, you know, it's kind of fun, really, to look at something and think like, you know, I mean, have you ever looked at, uh, like I saw this meme the other day of like, you know, you see these high bridges, but yet somebody has like three feet down graffiti. And it's like, how did somebody get that? Were they hanging upside down? Did they get a crane? Did they hang off of something? Somebody committed to doing that. And I always ask myself, like, yeah, how did they do that? How did they make that happen? But then I also find myself looking at simple things like, you know, 
when I discovered what a lentil was, I was like, I've seen these a bunch of times. Where do lentils come from? What the fuck is a lentil? I don't know. To something greater, like a TV. You know, if you crack open a TV remote and you pop open the little thing to put the batteries in, those little gizmos and stuff in there, I'm like, how did somebody figure this out? Like, how did somebody do that? You know, and I, I sometimes wish that we, more of us were having those conversations and being excited by the knowledge than trying to prove each other wrong about what the information is and where it came from. Or, or if we did, we could at least prove it. But nowadays, the internet gives everybody a chance to find exactly what they're looking for to back up what they're feeling and their own personal beliefs. And people say, oh, well, you can just Google it. Google it. But now... If you dislike the results of your Google search, you can look somewhere else. Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever the fuck the other places are that people go for information. Duck, duck, go. You know, or, or tread a few more places or type the, exactly in the search results that you want to see. And somebody will have written it for Google to bring it up. And I think the message here, at least in my perspective, my perspective on this whole thing is I know I've said a few already. But I really do think that if everybody took, gosh, I don't know, maybe at least 10 to 15 real objective seconds and just quickly just counted out to 15 before they reacted to anything, if they could just slow down and just take a beat, I think that we would be in a lot better place because those 15 seconds, if the whole world just stopped for 15 fucking seconds and just breathed and realized what they were doing, what they were saying, what they were about to do, how impatient they were feeling, how anxious they were feeling, how angry they were feeling, and what it is that's really making them do the things that they're about to do, I think we would be a lot better off. And I believe that is why Neil deGrasse Tyson puts in the book every so often about these aliens coming out from another galaxy, having no preconceived notions about what Earthlings and what Earth is like. And then wondering, why do they do that? What's going on here? And what can they do to be better? And will we end up that way? Because honestly... I think that if we had alien visitors tomorrow, I don't think they would have a pleasant stay here. And I think there would be more fights on the internet talking about I told you so's or other conspiracy theories about, you know, Biden's laptop or if the aliens are just people in costumes, you know, and it's it all stems from just a tribalistic mentality of who needs to be right or have a superior position than someone else. And frankly, I would rather be proved wrong more often than not lately. I really, really would. So hey, aliens, maybe if you're listening, as much as I'd love to meet you, maybe don't make a grand entrance. Just, you know, maybe just have like a small transport pod and park beside my house or something and we can hang. I'll show you my video games, you show me yours, and then, you know, you can tell me how close Neil deGrasse Tyson got to nailing your perspective on Earth. Or... Maybe he's an alien too, and he's just trying to help us out. Someone probably already thinks it. 
Anyway, that's probably enough of that for now. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, it means the world to me. And again, for those of you who have been sticking around, <laughs> even when I haven't been doing episodes, I don't know who you are, but thank you. And um, finally, before I go, um, I've been trying a new series of projects on a website. It's called funinstallersnetwork.com. That's F-U-N and then the word installers network. Uh, dot com and right now I'm just kind of doing like video game reviews and like sexy characters that I like with other people that are helping me make the website we're also working on a merch store uh, eventually shares a lot will be on there uh, I'm going to do some more uh, philosophical writings maybe some horror writings with some other people some galleries trying to promote other people's projects and such on there so if you want to come and support the site please um, come and do that funinstallersnetwork.com it would mean a lot to me to see you there and, you know, message me on Twitter at RollPlayersWin. I don't use my shares a lot tag anymore, so that's R-O-L-L PlayersWin on Twitter. And um, come and let me know if you listen to it, because it would mean a lot to me. So, in the meantime, my friends, please, 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 take care of your mind, take care of your heart, and most importantly, take 15 seconds, take a beat, and take care of each other. Have a good one.